Praise God. I want to share something with you tonight that I believe will encourage you. How many believes we need encouragement tonight? Because, listen, we're living in dark times. We're living in perilous times. We're living in those times that Jesus told the disciples about before he ascended to heaven. He said, these things are going to happen. These things are going to take place. You're going to see uh, chaos in the streets. You're going to see um, the, the enemy seem like loosed upon the face of the earth. But you know what? He said, don't fear. Don't be afraid. Because these things have to happen. But you know what? When they're happening, we're protected and we can get in that cleft of the rock where Jesus is Lord. And this is what I want to encourage you tonight. Listen, God is still on the throne. God is still for you and not against you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? There's no devil in hell that can come against you. You're God's child. You're his elect. You're his one. You're the one that he has... Uh, provided supernaturally for redemption, victory that's ours in the name of Jesus. Praise God. I, I want to sh- share something with you tonight. I'm going to talk about the power of yet. <laughs> I'll get to that in just a minute. But the power of yet. Habakkuk, the third chapter, the 17th through the 19th verse. The writer here uh, at Habakkuk, the prophet, said, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, and the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Now look what he says. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength, and he will make my feet like deer's feet, and he shall make me walk on my high hills. Glory to God. God is going to exalt us in this end time, in this last day. I'm not saying we're not going to see more troubled days ahead, because Jesus said these things are going to happen. These things must come to pass. But you see, in the middle of it all, God has a hedge about us. God's protecting us. God is our source of strength. God's our source of joy. God's our source of deliverance. And we need to, we, we've got to feast in our, we've got to turn our eyes on the Lord and feast our eyes upon Him because He is the answer. And He, he has the answer and He is the answer. And I, I'm going to ask you some questions. Uh, have you experienced times in your life where you can't feel God's presence? Uh, I mean, there's times that you go through situations and circumstances and you wonder, um, do I really, am I really saved? I don't feel the presence of God. Or when the worst happens in our life, and while we do our best to cling to our faith, it's easy to question God during those troublesome times when it looks like that God has forsook you, and God's forgotten you, and God's not present with you. But He is there. He's with us. Thank God He's with us. Three Hebrew children went through the fiery furnace. They may have felt like God wasn't with them at the time, but you know, when they got cast into the fiery furnace, God showed up and manifested Himself. His love, His power, His strength, His peace, His joy was right in the middle of that fiery furnace, and they weren't even harmed during the fiery furnace. Somebody said, well, yeah, that, that's in the Bible. Well, it's in the Bible, but it's for our benefit. It's that same God is our God today. That same God is the same God that uh, was in the life of Moses and Jonah and, and all of these great men of God. God was with them, and that same God is our God. And we, we've, got to, we've got to get this out of our mind that God's a God of yesteryear. God's the same today, 
for a, a yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same. And the power of God is yours. It, we need to avail and take, take advantage of the power of the Most High God in our lives and let Him do what He wants to do. God has not failed. God cannot fail, and God will not fail, and God cannot be defeated and will not be defeated. Thank God. He's already won the battle for us. The devil has already been defeated. And if we could just get that down in our hearts, get it in our spirits, get it so deep in us that nothing will shake our faith. How many knows that's what the devil does with trials? He tries to shake your faith. He tries to shake you loose from that confidence that you have in God. He tries to make you think God doesn't care about you. And God doesn't care. Some of you may be going through a hard time physically, uh, emotionally right now. And you may feel like that everybody else doesn't care. They don't understand what you're going through. But I want you to know God knows where you are. And he said he would never leave you nor forsake you. But he's with you always, even to the end. So the presence of God is real in our lives, and we need to let Him be real. And when the worst happens in our life, while we do our best to cling to our faith, listen, when, when bad things are happening, that's the time you need to cling to your faith in God. Grasp hold of the Word. Cling to your faith. It's easy to question God. It's easy to ask God why. It's easy to blame God for the situations. It's easy to put the blame on God and feel sorry for ourselves. Poor old me. Look what God's doing to me. He likes somebody else better than me. And that, I don't ever see trials in their life. Well, you don't know what they're going through. They may be going through something different than what you're going through. But you see, the thing is, Jesus is Lord. And He will never leave us nor forsake us, but He's with us always, even to the end. And so the question, we've all questioned God. I've questioned God at times. Where are you, Lord? Why? Why? Uh, you know, I, I think God's got a lot of crybabies. Why, why, why? You know, we, we're, we're crying all the time. But where is he when a loved one dies far too young? We've all experienced that. Some of you have experienced that in your lives. Your child has died way far too young. It's hard to, to see your child that should outlive you to go before you go. But where is God when that happens? Where's God when you're happily married and all of a sudden the relationship is destroyed and divorce comes? Where is God? This is what the devil wants. Where's your God when disease ravages your body? When symptoms are there? And it looks like that there's no hope and there's no answer. Where is He when there's death? You know, you've all suffered death in your family somewhere down the line where some of your loved ones have gone on before, their, before you. And many of them went before, really, in our, in our essence, in our mind, before they, they were just too young to go. And we, we know that. Where is he when war rages? Where is he? A lot of people are wanting to know, where's God now with all this stuff going on in this earth? Well, God's right where he always was. He's still on the throne. He still rules and reigns. And we've got to remember this now. Remember that Jesus himself, after he resurrected, began to walk with the disciples. And he told them these things that are going to happen upon this earth. And he said, these things are going to take place, but the end is not yet. So we've got to understand that Jesus knew these things were going to happen. And we need to understand that our way of approaching any 
situation in this earth, in this world, that is unruly, that is unholy, that's ungodly, is to have our trust and confidence in God. God has not failed us and will not fail us. But these are age-old questions humans have struggled with for centuries. Questions we can easily ask today. It seems that the world is on the brink of disaster. Uh, I mean, when you see the news, it's disheartening to see the news and what's happening. And we're left searching for God through all of it. But I want you to listen to what the Lord said. Look what, well, look what Habakkuk said. I will take joy. When all these negative things happen in the first part of that verse, I'll take joy in the Lord and my salvation. God, the Lord is my strength. He'll make my feet like hind's feet and he will make me walk on high heels. I will yet, he said, yet, when all these things, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. If you don't get anything tonight before I finish, I want you to get that part. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Regardless of what you feel physically, regardless of what you're feeling emotionally, regardless of what it looks like in the natural, as you look at all the turmoil that's in the world, maybe you've got turmoil in your life right now, but regardless, God wants you to, yet will you rejoice in the Lord, in the middle of it all. Now Habakkuk was a prophet of God, and he speaks. And he wrote his prophecy at a time when God's people were asking these same questions that, that are asked today. The Babylonians were preparing to invade Judah and where the remnant of God's people remained. Now remember, Israel has always been a target of the devil because they're God's people. And he does not want Israel to see the promise of God fulfilled in their life. And he has tried to destroy Israel from the very beginning. Reno after, Mo, after Noah and the flood, uh, he and his sons and daughters, uh, the sons and the wives of the his, uh, the wives of his sons, they all escaped by the ark that God had told them to build, and they escaped the floods and the destruction that came, and the whole world. I, I don't know if you can even fathom it, but the whole world, human flesh. Hope the whole world that did not believe they had a chance. Noah preached for 120 years. 120 years it took him to build that ark. And not one person in that vicinity, in that region, in the world, accepted the things of God. Only Noah and his family were saved. God had to start all over with them. But somebody said, well, what happened then? Well, the seed. You see, the seed of man has to be regenerated by the power of God. And the seed of evil was still in the hearts of men, and it happened to be so with some of Noah's children as they went on and some of their uh, uh, their generations after them. It began, Nimrod was raised up there in, in uh, the, the land of Haran there where Abraham lived, and there uh, Nimrod was, an, he was really anti-Christ, anti-God. He, he, he did the abortions. He cut open the, the, the stomachs of the women that were pregnant and offered the babies unto their gods as sacrifices. This is nothing new when you hear about abortion and all of these things that's happening in our world. It's nothing new. It's the same spirit of evil that was in the very beginning of time. It all comes from the devil. It all comes from Satan. And, the, and, and Habakkuk wrote while the people were asking these questions. Just like we ask, why? Why is this happening, Lord? How come? 
What, what have I done? The Babylonians were preparing to invade Judah. And this was a direct judgment from the Lord. They had experienced rapid moral and spiritual decline. Listen, our nation has had a spiritual decline. I know we've seen some great moves of God in the, la- in the past few years, and there's been some great moves of God amongst us personally. But as a whole, our nation has declined, and we've experienced moral and spiritual decline very rapidly. And Habakkuk complains against God. He didn't understand how God could see a downright wicked nation in Babylon, uh, how he could send a, a nation in, in Babylon to judge a less wicked one uh, in Judah, you know. Uh, he, he didn't understand that. But it happened. But you see, the thing is, we know that God's ways are not our ways. <laughs> and until we learn that, we'll never have peace in our heart. God's ways are not your ways. Look what he said in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is God speaking here. My ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God is still supreme. Jesus is still Lord. And we've got to let Him be Lord in our lives. But the Lord answered Habakkuk. And reminds him that he's a God of justice, and he's a God of mercy, and that the righteous have to live by faith, and to trust him. And, and I'm going to declare that today to you. If we're going to have what God says is ours, we have to live by faith. And I'm, when I say live by faith, I'm not telling you to get rid of all your uh, worldly goods and all of that kind of thing, say, I'm just going to live by faith. No, that's not what it's about. We live by faith. We live by faith. In the Son of God. We live by faith in the blood of Jesus. We live by faith when we know and realize that Jesus defeated the devil and all the demons of hell. And it's by his blood that we've been redeemed. It's by his blood that we are reconciled back to the Father. It's by his blood that we are born again and become new creatures in Christ. And we are More than conquerors through Christ who loved us because of the blood of the Lamb that's in our life. So the Lord answers, He's a God of justice and He's a God of mercy. But the righteous have to live by faith and trust Him. Look at Habakkuk 2.4. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him. But the just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by his faith. Now, Habakkuk's ultimate summary is that no matter what comes, he'll choose joy and trust God. Now, in other words, the prophet of the Lord, you know, he had, a hard, he had a hard job because people were rebelling against God. People were turning against God. People were not doing what God said to do. And Habakkuk was right there in the middle of it. But he had to do one thing. He had to choose joy and trust God. Joy and trust God. Look what he said in the back of it. Let's go back up to the third chapter and 17, 19th verse. I will take joy. This is Habakkuk talking. In the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like hinds feet and will make me walk in my high places. Yet, he said, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord. 
He, it was, he purposed in his heart to rejoice. You've got the purpose in your heart. You're going to have happiness and joy in the Lord. You, you're, you've got the purpose in your heart. You're not going to let the devil get the upper hand over you with all the problems and all the things that he brings against you. Because, you see, he doesn't understand it when he's bringing all the negative things in your life. How you can have a smile on your face, lift your hands up, and thank God from the bottom of your heart. And rejoice because he's your God. And he will not fail you. He will not forsake you. Nor will he leave you. So praise God. Now, though the world seems to crumble, yet he will rejoice in the Lord. Though the world is crumbling around you, rejoice in the Lord. I can't read this passage and not think about that classic hymn, It is well with my soul. Many people know the dramatic. Died in the Chicago fire of 1871, and the rest of his family perished two years later when their ship crossing the Atlantic sank. And he penned this song, It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. After all these things he was able to write, When peace like a river attends my way, When sorrow like sea billows roll, Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, It is well, it is well with my soul. You see, things... Never measure up to God. Material things never measure up to God. Your, what, what you, your feelings, what you want, what you want to feel never measures up to God. We've got to get it deep down in our hearts and rejoice from way down deep and have the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. And then we could be like this brother. He said, it is well. It is well with my soul. And I, you know, people, the, the world doesn't understand it. The devil doesn't understand it. He doesn't understand with all the evil that he brings against you, how you can still lift your hands and rejoice and thank God and thank, thank, say, God, it's well with my soul. See, God's not left you in a lurch. Thank God we're not, we're not left alone. We're not by ourselves in it all. The apostle Paul knew this truth. Uh, you know, remember Paul was a member of the Sanhedrin court. Uh, before he was born again on the road to Damascus, Paul was an evil man. Saul of Tarsus was his name, actually, before he became Paul the Apostle. But Saul of Tarsus was a very evil man. When I say evil, he was a very religious man. He was very well trained and, and very well ruled in his heart by the Sanhedrin beliefs. And they believed they were doing right. Paul believed he was doing right when, when uh, uh, Stephen, the first deacon of the church... They took him outside the city, and they stoned him. And Paul, the Bible said, Saul of Tarsus, held the coats of those men that threw the rocks and stones and stoned Stephen. And on his way to Damascus were the same letters that he used there to persecute the Christians. He was on his way to Damascus. And on that road to Damascus, Paul, or Saul of Tarsus actually, came had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And the light shined down upon him and knocked him off of his horse. And Jesus said, Saul, why dost thou persecute me? And Saul immediately responded back to the Lord. And Saul was blinded by that great light that day and ended up at Ananias' house. And as at Ananias' house there, when God spoke and, and uh, spoke to Ananias to come and lay hands on him and to, and to uh, Touch his eyes so that they could be made whole. 
And God gave him a word of prophecy to Saul of Tarsus. And he changed his name from Saul to Paul, <laughs> Paul the Apostle. And he told him what many things he must suffer for the Lord's sake. See, God didn't keep anything hidden from Paul. But yet Paul knew that what he had done was evil. But now he was serving that God of love. And he was serving God out of love. And he went out to the different ports of the world and did what he said. But he had papers in his possession that day. And at the same time, the apostle wrote this epistle to the Philippian church, encouraging them to rejoice in the Lord. When he, he, he wrote this verse to them, and he, to, he told them in Philippians 4, verse 4, he said, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. <laughs> Now, I know some of you don't want to hear your pastor come to your house and knock on your door and you're going through some traumatic trial. And, and listen, we have, we feel, we, you know, Jesus felt the feelings of our infirmities. And, uh, and, and I believe that we as leaders, we, we need to feel the feelings of the infirmities and, and the things that's coming against God's people. We need to feel that. But at the same time, look what Paul told him. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. So where's joy found? Joy is not found in the world. It's not found in other people. We, we try to find joy in a lot of things, but it's not in those things that we're looking for. It's not in circumstances. It's not in unfavorable situations. You're not going to find joy in those type of places. But what, we're going to can, what we can do is rejoice is to take light in the source of our joy. The source of our joy is what? Is Jesus Christ. And what he did for us. And he's the hope of the hopeless. Jesus is our hope. He's the hope of the hopeless. And we can take joy in him. And you can keep a bright outlook in the midst of hardship. In the midst of the thing that's coming against you. You can still have a a great outlook on life. Because you have faith in God. Have faith in God is what the Lord tells us. Joy is not in, in, in circumstances. It's not in the situations. Joy is found in Him, in delighting in the source of our joy. Amen? Now, the storms of life. I, I, I'm not a preacher that's going to tell you you'll never have a trial. I, I would be lying to say I've never had a trial. I've had many trials. I've had many times to doubt God and to doubt what God wanted in my life and what God wanted to do. We've all had those times where we, we can just throw up our hands and just give in to the whims of the devil. But listen, we can keep a bright, bright outlook in the midst of it. Let's look up to Jesus. Lift up your eyes to the hills from which come your help, the psalmist David said. Lift up your eyes and you can have peace when you know that the Lord himself is close at hand. God's with us. You don't see Him, you don't feel Him, but He's with you. The peace of God and the joy of the Lord. You can't explain it. How can you explain it? Someone's, someone asked me one time, how, why are you so happy all the time? I don't know. All I know is I love Jesus and I know that He is Lord of my life and that He is victor. And through Him, we can overcome all things that come in our life. Look what Psalmist David said in Psalms thirty-four nineteen: Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many, I don't know, I I know you don't want to hear that word many, (laughs) but many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. 
And when we go through tough times, nobody's exempted from tough times. We're all going to have those times of testing to see what we're made of and to see what we have in our life. Matthew 5.45, Jesus said it rains on the just and the unjust too. See, when we have these things that happen in our world and in the nation, it rains on the just and the unjust also. But it's the just, it's the person of faith that, that doesn't immune us. It, it, just because we're a person of faith doesn't immune us from the troubles of life. Some are even going to go through theirs now. There's people going through trouble and problems right now that you're not even facing yourself, personally yourself. But they're there. It could be it could be marriage, business, health, ministry, relationship, job, uh, school, finances, and uh, it could be even the pandemic COVID nineteen that we've been going through. And all of us have t- had been touched by that some way or other, and it's rapidly spreading. But we should not panic when facing these troubles. We don't need to panic. Listen, COVID nineteen is not greater than God. God is greater than COVID nineteen. God is greater than rioters and those rebellious ones out. God's greater than it all. And we need to let God's faith rise in our heart today and say, God, I'm going to trust you. And we need to just say, yes, Lord. And uh, uh, we've we, we got to be resolute. We've got to be faithful. We've we just got to get it settled and established in our hearts that we are believers in Him and we're steadfast. Why? Not because of your good looks. Not because of your intelligence. Not because of how many scriptures you can quote. No, it's because God is trustworthy. God is trustworthy. God is the answer. God is the one that's with us. And we can bank on Him. We can rejoice because God's not abandoned us. And He will surely see us through whatever we're going through. God's not going to leave you in a lurch. He's not going to leave you alone. Look at Isaiah 43 too. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame kindle upon you. Glory to God. Somebody said, well, that sounds pretty, Brother Clarence. Well, we better get this pretty word in our hearts. And we need to get these pretty scriptures down deep in our spirit. Because this is what we're going to be able to stand on when trouble really hits. Because the Word is more powerful than the enemy. And the Word is our life. The Word is the strength of our life. And we're going to have to stand strong in it. So what are you going through today? You know, is your world falling apart? I know you don't choose what you go through. <laughs> if we had choices, we wouldn't choose to go through some of the things that we do go through. But we, we don't have choices on it. But you can choose how you go through it. You may not choose the thing you're going through, but you can choose how you go through it. You can choose joy and know that God is good, just, and merciful. No matter what you face, you can choose to say, just like Habakkuk said, Yet! I will rejoice in the Lord, the God of my salvation. Why should we rejoice in afflictions? It attracts God into our situations. See, when you're in the middle of a trial and you start rejoicing, it attracts God in the middle of your situation. Rejoicing in afflictions makes God to open a greater channel of blessing for us. It satisfies God. Oh, thank God. 
Listen, Psalms 50, 12 through 14. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine in the fullness thereof. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Goats, offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the highest. See, because when we praise Him and giving thanks to God in the midst of, of afflictions, you know, in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your problem, in the midst of that thing that's trying to crush you tonight, listen, when you do this, when you do this, in the midst of it, it provokes His intervention on your behalf. God will intervene on your behalf. Thank God for that. He's He's there. God's never left you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but lo, I'm with you always, even to the end. It's the secret. God inhabits, the Bible said, the praises. God dwells in the praises of His people. And it's the secret of lifting and increase. Psalm 65. I know I'm reading a lot of scriptures, but these psalms are good. Psalm 67, 5 through 7. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase. And God, even our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear Him. When? When God's people get together. Get to, listen, we don't have to be in the same building. We just need to get together in the Spirit. And wherever you might be in your church or wherever you're going to church or whatever, you just go ahead and start thanking God and praising Him. And let God inhabit your praises. Let God inhabit your praises. It accelerates your victory. Rejoicing in afflictions makes us flourish like the trees or the cedars of Lebanon. The Bible said in Psalms 92.12, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Glory to God. It accelerates your victory. Psalms 149, verses 6-9, through Let the high praises of God be in your mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people to bind their kings with chains and the nobles with fetters of iron uh, to execute upon them the judgment written. This honor has all His saints. Praise ye the Lord. We need to just start praising Him. Giving thanks to God turns our battles over to the Lord. When, over in Second Chronicles 20, verses 15 through 17. We're going to read that in just a moment. But Jehoshaphat has been leading God's people. And he gets a letter and states that there are several nations coming against him. Several nations rising up against him. And he goes before the Lord. And look what God tells him. He said, hearken, all ye of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, in Second Chronicles 20, verses 15 through 17. And thou, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord unto you, be not afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. And I, you know what God's telling us? Be not afraid of these great multitudes of rioters and thugs and people that are just trying to dismantle our country. Don't, listen, don't be afraid. Don't, be, don't Listen, don't be afraid or dismayed by this multitude. For the battle, the battle is not yours, but it's God's. I want to tell you something, folks. We can battle right there in your prayer room. You can battle right there in your home. You can battle right there in the spirit realm by praying in the Holy Ghost and praying in the Spirit and interceding and letting God prevail through you in your prayers. As we do this, we're going to see the results of prayer. God is on our side. And I'm encouraging you tonight, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Listen, don't let the news bring your spirit down, yet you can rejoice in the Lord in the midst of it all, because God's on our side.
Let the high praises of God, it accelerates your victory. Be in your mouth and the two-edged sword in your hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen, punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written. Because this is what God's done for us. Giving thanks to God turns our battles. And this is what God told um, Jehoshaphat. Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeriel. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Oh, listen, I, I don't know about you, but I've underlined that in my Bible. You shall not have to fight in this battle. Why? Why? Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal anyway. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of his strongholds, of the strongholds of the devil. And set yourselves. Stand still. Now, this is hard for some people to do right here. Stand still. We want, we want to just get out there and do our thing and say, look, I'm not going to put up with this no more. And, but the Lord sometimes just says, fear not. Set yourselves. Stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord. You need not fight in this battle. Set yourselves. Stand still. You need not fight. Everybody, you need to read that in Second Chronicles 20, verses 15 through 17. You need not fight. Set yourselves. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord with O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Hallelujah. The Lord will be with you. And you, you know what happened there is God told them, send forth their praisers out before them. And the praisers went out before them. And the battles were won by the power of praise and obedience of Jehoshaphat and the people of God, following God's instructions and not letting fear, doubt, and unbelief rule their life, but letting faith and joy. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. Yet will I rejoice. Thanksgiving in our hearts is good. Look at Job. Job arose and ran his mantle and shaved his head and fell upon the ground and worshipped. Job 1.20. Though troubled, afflicted with great grief and tragedies, Job still worshipped and he chose to rejoice in the Lord. In the middle of all that happened, he still chose to love God. He still chose to rejoice in the Lord. Thanksgiving accelerates your victory. Look at John 11:41. Lazarus was still in the grave when Jesus gave thanks. <laughs> Remember Jesus was told that Lazarus was dying, he stayed two more days where he was. And then he came and Martha met him and said if you'd just been here earlier, he wouldn't have died. And Jesus said, "He don't you believe that he'll rise again?" "Oh yes, Lord, I know he'll rise in the resurrection." But Lord said, "No, don't you believe he can rise again now?" See, what we don't understand, some of us are ready to throw in the towel and just quit. Now, I'm not saying God's got the expiration date on all of us. But when it's time, I believe God will allow your spirit to know something's going to happen. And when he does, you're going to be ready and you're going to be prepared and you're going to be able to have a smile on your face and you're going to be able to have joy in your heart when that time comes to go and you'll be able to rejoice in the Lord. But look what Jesus told her. Jesus went to the tomb with her after he told her. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he went to the tomb said, where have you buried him? And they took him. And the Bible says that Lazarus is still in the grave when Jesus gave thanks. Now, he, Jesus lifted up his eyes. And I thank you, Lord, that you hear me always when I pray. 
That's what Jesus did. He, how many believe Jesus was our example? See, he was our example of walking in fellowship with the Father, even though he was God himself in the flesh. He was the Son of God, the only begotten of the Father. And he came, and yet at the same time, he was able to have confidence in his Father. And he said, I thank you that you hear me always when I pray. Always when I pray. Somebody said, yeah, but that was Jesus. Yes, but you've got to remember now, Jesus was 100% man while on the earth, yet he was God in the flesh. <laughs> now, I want to tell you something. You're 100% flesh and blood, man, woman, but you've still got the Spirit of the living God on the inside of you, and God's life is in you, eternal life is in you, and we can have the same privilege of lifting our eyes to heaven and saying, Father, I thank you that you hear me always when I pray. And he gave thanks. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I thank you that you've heard me. Now, he, Lazarus hadn't come out yet. The, the stone was still on the grave. But then they rolled it back, and they rolled it away. And Jesus said, I thank you that you've heard me, Lord. And I know that you hear me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, but that they may believe that you've sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came bounding out of that grave, bound in grave clothes. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. But tonight I want to leave this thought with you. God's people are not defeated. We just have to see and feel God's presence in our storm. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. See, when you begin to rejoice and you begin to praise God, God inhabits your praise. And in the middle of your storm, in the middle of your trial, in the middle of the thing that looks like it's going to destroy you, you can lift up and say, thank you, Lord. And you can feel God's presence. Victory is yours now. And I tell you, I just want to just say it boldly. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Because God inhabits the praises of his people. And yet will I rejoice. You may, you may go out of there, you, you, you still may not see the tangible results of what you're believing for. But you can always stand up and say, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. And God will manifest His power on our behalf. God's going to manifest His power for America. God, for those that will trust Him, those that will follow Him, those that will come to Him. Now listen, judgment is inevitable. Judgment upon this planet is inevitable. It's going to happen. You can't stop God's word, the prophetic words of God that's going to happen. But what you can do is for yourself personally, for your family, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. Father, we thank you tonight for your people that have listened. And Lord, watched us by Facebook Live tonight around the world and around this nation and around this area. And, Father, we thank you that they can rejoice in you right now because your word, your word is truth. And, Father, we just give you praise. And we just thank you, Lord, because your word is truth. And, Lord, you're going to do what you said. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I tell you, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I excited myself. I'm trusting. 
trusting you, Lord. I'm trusting you. You've been so faithful. You've been so true. You never have failed me. Though I failed you, I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm trusting you. Oh, I was in prison, but you came to me. You removed those chains, and you set me free. This cup of sorrow, I'll drink no more. Cause I'm overflowing with your great joy. Sing it with me out there. I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm trusting you. You've been so faithful. You've been so true. You've never failed me, though I failed you. I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm trusting you. Listen to this verse. You cannot question. You cannot question that the way He leads. I know that you, Lord, is all I need. Each day I'm learning. I'm leaning on you. Yes, I'm learning to trust you. Oh, trust you more. I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm trusting you. You've been so faithful. You've been so true. You've never failed me. Though I failed you. I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm trusting you. God, just help everybody. Just put their trust in you. And Lord, just thank you that your power, your spirit flows in them right now. And they're going to be able to rise up in faith. And with a shout of triumph. With a shout of triumph, Lord. Yet I will rejoice in you, Lord, the God of my salvation. And Father, we just give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.